0: You know, love can be risky, it's worth it, but you can you can have your heart hurt, you can be crushed. So I think, Byron, the thing for me is, there have been times, and I put in there, boy, I am not perfect. And I know I've hurt people, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, so I'm not saying I haven't. But that's been one of the biggest challenges, just your heart hurt or being surprised. Like, really? You said that? Or you would do that? You know, so that's been hard for me. It's
1: time for Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. It's always uh, just a, a real joy, for friend, to have you stop by and visit with me. And our wonderful guest today, Hal Kitchens, all the way from St. Petersburg, Florida. He's no stranger to the Memphis area because he pastured here in Memphis. Hal Kitchens, welcome back to Memphis. I think you said it's been about eight
0: years it since has, you've been Byron. to our fair city. Yes. I've been back a few times, but not for any length of time. So. Right. It's always a blessing to come back, not to just to see uh, so many good changes that have happened there, but also to see good friends. Right, like yourself. Oh, I appreciate so, that. Well, when you got surf, sand, sunshine, you know, <laughs> why leave <right>. Florida? Right. <laughs> that's right. It's nice. I've lived in Florida before, Byron. I, I had somebody tell me years ago, the first pastor, senior pastor, it was First Baptist Middleburg, Florida, outside of Jacksonville, and when I left there to go back home to Mississippi to pastor a church uh, that I'd been a student minister, Marston Heights in Clinton, Mississippi, a sweet little lady said, now, Brother Hal, you know what they say? I said, no, ma'am, Miss Edith. She <laughs> says, once you get sand in your shoes, it's hard to get it out. <laughs> so uh, we enjoy St. Pete, Florida.
1: I haven't been to Florida in a while. It's, mm-hmm. it's time for a trip. See that sun surf and sand, right? definitely. A lot of folks from Memphis love to travel, like, to Destin, Pensacola. You know, that's kind of the
0: destination. Right. Yeah, we're central South Florida, and then you've got Miami, which is a whole different world. So you've... Kind of got three sections of Florida. Yeah, exactly. So So you're pastoring now Fifth Avenue Baptist Church. Yes. So tell me about this ministry. Okay, Byron. It is a – when I went, there's more of a church revitalization type of church. Mm -hmm. The church is almost, in a few years, 100 years old. It used to be located downtown. They relocated in the mid to late 80s. They're on the corner of uh, 49th and, and Fifth Avenue. So they've always been Fifth Avenue, and when they relocated, Uh, In the province of God, they ended up back on Fifth Avenue, just in a different spot. So it's an older church and needed to look, make some appropriate changes to look more like the community. And perhaps uh, I felt my role is to plant shade trees by God's grace, have a church there in 10 years, 20 years for the future. So it's been eight years, and my wife Kelly and I have really enjoyed it.
1: You are a third-generation pastor. Do you remember – the first time hearing your grandfather
0: preach, or did you get that opportunity? I did. He passed away when I was 12. But I remember the first thing that came to my mind, Byron, is and he was Atlee Asher Kitchens. He, he taught at Mississippi College the languages for years, and then he preached on the weekend and have little churches. That he was a pastor. But I grew up in Kosciuszko from kindergarten through the 10th grade. My dad was pastor at First Baptist Kosciuszko. So what I remember about Pop, what well, was just, that's what we called him, was at first Kosciuszko. As a child, I don't know when he was, but I, it's like I can close my eyes and I can, I can see him now. Huh. In your bio on Amazon,
1: it says you can be found reading in a coffee shop. What are we likely to find you reading
0: in a coffee shop, and what is your favorite coffee shop in St. Pete? Okay. In St. Pete, there's a number of different kinds of coffee shops. Of course, just like Memphis, you have, you have Starbucks coffee at different sure. places. But there are local coffee shops that I enjoy going to. There's one called Local Market that has been my favorite. And they had some struggles a little bit during the pandemic, you know, opening and closing and doing some things like that. So uh, they've struggled a little bit, but I have enjoyed that. And as far as what I do, Byron, I went to a coffee shop this morning. I enjoy finding a soft chair. You know, at my age, I don't <laughs> like those hard I'm glad these are soft chairs. I find a soft chair, get a dark roast coffee, and have my devotional time. My time alone with God is the most important appointment I have right. because I want to understand what was going on in the text and reading the scripture. But it's amazing. It's active. 2 yeah. Timothy right. three sixteen through 17 talks about that. So it's amazing how he can give us comfort and a word and conviction wow. uh, for the day. Yes. So that's my... Well, do you Very find, too,
1: how that it provides opportunity to lead into gospel conversations exactly. with those? They see you reading a Bible. Exactly. I mean,
0: not many people read their Bible in public. Yeah. Byron, there's no doubt about that. That That is definitely the, uh, the other benefit. As a pastor in St. Pete, for example, my mission field is I go to the YMCA. Uh, I don't have a lot of hobbies, so I still try to exercise early in the morning. I'm a morning person. And then – the coffee shop in St. Pete it is a mission field. Yeah. It's very different than anywhere else I've been, and our location is in a different type of area, yeah. revitalization. So, yeah. I mean, it is a mission field.
1: What are you enjoying most, how in this season of life, being married to Kelly now
0: for almost 40 years? That's right. That's right. Yes, when we moved there, Byron, we had just become empty nesters. So it's kind of like our church doesn't necessarily know our children. They've gotten to know our younger daughter for a while. She's been a couple times, but our son is married, and he lives in uh, North Carolina. But I would say the thing that I've enjoyed the most is being able to have more time with my wife. She works part-time, so we're able to have that more intimate friendship that we've really had all along yeah. in, a, in a deeper level. And then also just the area, Byron, in this time in our life, getting to know people that are so different than us and developing relationships with them.
1: You know you keep using this term revitalization mm-hmm. just so different than us.
0: Describe what you mean, give us a, okay. a definition okay, so in St Petersburg, Florida, first of all, Byron, people don't talk like me. they don't have my I didn't know I had accent <laughs> uh especially when I was in Memphis, but I moved there Byron I mean daily when I go to the coffee shop, I got people that I just meet now people that I've gotten to know they they roll with it, but people I just meet, Byron. I mean, I can just start talking, and, and and I can tell it's coming. They'll say, "Now, now, where are you from originally?" And I know that's because evidently I have this southern accent. Yes. I said, "Look, it's not country now. No, no, there's a difference. That's right. You got country redneck southern. I'm more southern. See, <laughs> so anyway, there's so much more than that in St. Pete. There is a large gay community. St. Pete Pride Parade is a huge event every year. What I have opportunities to do, Byron, is to try, by God's grace, meet them where they are and share the life-changing message of Jesus who can turn their mess into a message. That's been interesting because somebody will start coming to our church.
1: And you kind of encountered, you now, when you were here in Memphis, of course, you pastored at Germantown Baptist Church, and then God led you into the Midtown community. That's right.
0: The Cooper Young area. That's right. There was certainly some of that in the Cooper Young area. And then the diversity. As you know, in planting Bridge Memphis, when I left Germantown, that was not on my mind, but several years later, God led me to partner with Pastor Kendrick at Oak Grove to plant Bridge Memphis. I'd never planted a church to kind of get it off the ground by and turn it over and move back into an established church, more of a revitalization situation, which had been my pattern as a senior pastor. It lasted two more years and then ended up going in a different direction. But the other thing about that diversity is when I think about our church at Fifth Avenue, I have been able to see him. Allow the church to look more like the community and it's very diverse. Yeah. So I have people that are originally from Jamaica. I had a picture I posted on Facebook last week from Mother's Day where I'm there with ladies that wear the hats and some of them are from Jamaica. Some are from, you know, Florida right, from right. the South. And Kelly, my wife and I just love that and enjoy that. The diversity ethnicity and we've got a group of homes that come it's called new directions and it's an addiction type of ministry right. i got to know pam dixon the director of that when i first got there she joined the church and for a, on a regular sunday every week byron a lot of them are there and that's another reason i i say what i did i'm really comfortable with that and yeah. enjoy that
1: that's beautiful and, and i think that's really how we as Christians, are to engage the culture, right? Right. Make disciples and do so in building those relationships
0: out of love Yes. and listening first. It, yes. it, it can make a big difference. Yes, it can, Byron. I just read Derwin Gray's newest book on diversity, how to come together and try not to do it in goofy ways, but godly ways. Yes.
1: It is excellent. Okay. Now, as I mentioned, you're a third-generation uh Preacher, growing up in a pastor's home, did you ever want to go the opposite direction of oh. serving Christ?
0: Yeah, and here is what I would say, Byron. Growing up in a pastorum and as a preacher's kid, I had two older sisters. I had became a, a a believer at a young age, childlike faith around seven or eight, and believe it was it was real. Yeah. And I love my dad and my mom. I was I was blessed. I should be a lot better person, Byron, because of the parents I had in the church that raised me in the community, it was just so much good. It, you know, there's challenges being a preacher's kid. There's challenges being a doctor's kid or, you know, a coach's kid. The good far outweighs the bad. But I didn't want to be the preacher. I had other interests growing up, ball and, you know, as a teenager, girls. Academics was not a priority for me, so I I wanted to be a coach. I felt like, you know, coaches have had a huge impact on my life. Uh, I I want to be a coach. I went to college, majoring in PE, but, Byron, I finally uh, surrendered. I finally was kind of like, you know, I think I know what I was supposed to do because I had this – gnawing or urge deep down yeah. for years, Byron. It is a calling. Oh, it's a calling. It's, yeah. it's no doubt. Yeah. And so finally in college, it's kind of like, it wasn't a Damascus Road experience. It was kind of like, you know what? I need to get serious about life and school yeah. And, yeah. and my calling and made that decision to change majors.
1: What's the best advice your dad ever gave you about ministry?
0: Authenticity, be real, love people. My dad had a tremendous pastor's heart. Byron where his dad was more academic my dad loved people so I had on the job training he would appropriately take me at times to the hospital in a different place not he didn't wear me out with that and he didn't push it on me he never you need to be doing it was he was it was never like that so love people how be yourself love people be real don't don't be fake Well, you've written this new book here, Next
1: Verse. It's a daily guide to live by faith, even when life throws you a curve. Now, isn't this
0: your second book? It is, Byron, and I've learned along the way, a lot of times they say your first book is to learn what you wouldn't do the next time. (laughs) And so I'm grateful for that first-time experience I wrote on Reconciliation, called 3 Mississippi. Mississippian burn with a passion for reconciliation. And of course it's talking about being reconciled to God because in him he helps us with our relationships. Yeah. Anyway, yes, uh, it is my second book and I and I learned a lot from that. What to do, what not to do. So it had been on something on on my heart for so a while. Did somebody come to you and say, How I think you should write this book or it was already kind of brewing inside? It was brewing inside Byron. I tell you what I do, I have a little on my phone a little the notes app. And in that notes app, I just – different thoughts will come to me at different ways, and I put it in the note app. I used to write on a napkin in my car, but tried to make a little change with technology. Uh, Still challenged in that area, but in in my note app, I have potential books, future books, with a huge question mark. And I just write down titles and ideas. This was one of them, but at the end of 2019 – as I was thinking about, okay, what am I going to do for my devotional book next year, Byron? I have sensed I needed to, to do my one-year Bible again. Mm-hmm. I have a one-year Bible, NIV from years ago, and I look, and I have these dates that I've done it, you know, 2005 to the, and it had been a while. I was like, okay, I'm going to do my one-year Bible. It's got a Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and a Proverb every day, and by the end of the year, you've gone through the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's right there in that one, one Bible. And so in 2019, I realized, okay, I'm going to do that. And then as it got toward the end of the year, Byron, maybe by God's grace, I'm going to do that. And every day, the passage that jumps off the page, do a devotional on it, put it on my computer, hit save, perhaps – It'll be a devotional book. So you did that for 365 days. I did, Byron. And i tell you what I did, because I needed to build in some accountability. I told my church family <laughs> Then the end of 2019, I said, okay, now I need you to be Here's how you can pray for your pastor. And I told them, not just for their prayers, Byron, but to keep me accountable. Because I told them, I said, now here, once in a while, I want you to ask me how it's going. Hey, how's that <laughs> devotional book going? And, and several of them did. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did. And there were a few days – I would say five, seven at the most, Byron, where I would miss a day, but I'd do two the next day. I don't think it was ever like three days in a row where I had to go back and catch up a whole month. By God's grace, I knew ahead of time. And from providing, doing that book before, stay on it, cinch by the inch, hard by the yard, just every day. That's on top of preparing for your sermons every Sunday, right? Yes, sir. Yes, (laughs) sir. So you dedicated this book, Next
1: Verse, to your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. What do your grandchildren call you, and what do you enjoy when you're hanging out with those grandkids?
0: Yes, I have Clayton and Lincoln. That's Trey, our sons, two children, Trey and Holly. They live in North Carolina. I don't have the opportunity to be around them a whole lot, but we do a lot of FaceTime. What do Uh, they call you? uh, They call me Big H. Big H. Big H (laughs) H is my grandpa's name. You know, my dad was Harold. And I'm Harold Jr., but have always gone by Hal. My son's Harold III, he goes by Trey. For whatever reason, Trey decided that Harold Triple Jr. <laughs> Kitching's thing needed to stop, so it's Clayton Scott as his oldest son. But Big H is my name. And my youngest grandson, Haley, our daughter's boy, who is in Muscle Shoals, his dad is a worship pastor with Brett Pittman, Braven. he's had a little trouble with the Big H. So I won't go into all that, but he's called me Big. He started off with Big H, then I went to Big. I wasn't sure if I felt good about just being Big. And then he's, he's got this other name now he's calling me that's really funny. How important is it, how for
1: parents and grandparents to invest spiritually in their kids and maybe even more specifically
0: disciple mm-hmm. their kids? I think it's tremendously important, Byron. And, and I think part of the reason I wanted to do this was, one is my grandfather, both of them, died when I was 12. My mother's dad, Granddaddy Overstreet, was an architect and was very successful. I can't draw a stick man, but he was N.W. Overstreet from East to Mississippi. And he did well as an architect. I had one grandfather who was an architect, deacon at First Baptist Jackson, and then I had this other Pop Kitchens that taught at Mississippi College. And I knew him, but they passed away when I was 12. Yeah. So I would have enjoyed having more time with them and getting to know them as a as a teenager young adult then my dad passed away at 60 so my son who was ultimately named after him who was named after my grandfather's favorite professor at Southern Seminary, Dr. Harold Tribble, years ago, didn't know Daddy. And my daughter never knew him. So I'm thinking, you know, we never know when life's going to end. So that's another reason I thought I wanted to put this down, if maybe they would be the only ones to read it. How I love that. I think we
1: need to take to heart what you're saying here, as again, as parents and as a grandparent, which I am, now with three grandkids, that spiritual investment, especially, you know, a lot of us will look and say, what's going on in the world? Where's it coming? We know yeah. it's coming to Jesus, ultimately. That's right. But the days we live, when life throws you those curves, the mm-hmm. storms you go through, how do you get through it? How did Grandpa get through it? What was the reason? What, what kept them together, you know? Right, right. And it's that foundation in Christ.
0: Right, right. And I tell you, I really tried to keep what my dad taught me about being authentic and real appropriately when I wrote these devotionals. I was... Uh, transparent, you know, about just life and how God helps you and how His Word, spiritually, that food we need to continue the journey. Well, in
1: one of the devotionals, you asked the question, are you bumping against Jesus or bowing to Jesus? What do you mean by bumping against Jesus?
0: Yes, that particular devotional, I believe, uh, Byron, what I have in mind is that sometimes we bump against Jesus. I mean, well, we'll go to church, maybe the the thing to do in the Bible Belt, or I'll go on Easter, and I'll I'll bump into Jesus. I'll kind of wink at him or read a Bible story or hear the old gospel hymns or songs and just kind of bump into Jesus. But to bow is to worship him and serve him and let him be our life, not just a part of life, but be our life, because it is an intimate relationship with Christ. John 15, if I abide in you and you and me, You'll bear much fruit without yes. me. You can do nothing.
1: So it's him. Yes, it it's is. Him. Romans ten seventeen says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Right. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that uh-huh. he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Next verse, the book here, Is that Daily Guide to Live by Faith? What have been some of the challenges for you
0: to live by faith? mm this relates more to the devotional for today. It's an Old Testament passage where David is praying for his enemies instead of lashing out. I'm pretty sure David could have done a good job if he were to go to battle uh, with his background being a soldier and a warrior. But in this particular passage for today's reading, it's about him praying for them. And I basically just said, you know, just like everybody um, – growing up and as an adult and really probably more so as a senior pastor than a youth minister that i did for a number of years you know love can be risky it's worth it but you can you can have your heart hurt you can be crushed Mm -hmm. so i think byron the thing for me is there have been times and i put in there boy i am not perfect and i know i've hurt people you know intentionally or unintentionally so i'm not saying i haven't but that's been one of the biggest challenges, just mm-hmm. your heart hurt or being surprised, like, really? You said that or you would do that? You know, so that's been hard for
1: me. That's you been know, hard. Why is it that, as in the body, we seem to hurt each other most? There's a certain expectation how we're going to love each other, treat
0: each other, and if we don't receive it that way. We just... <laughs> right. Byron, it's almost like I-, I mentioned some people that come to our church at Fifth Avenue that have no church background or they've been through a lot. If I'm not careful, I can have more grace with them yes. than the person that's been in church and maybe all that. You know, I, I think part of it's because I'm, I'm shocked they might say or do something that well, I would ex- expect more. But I'm a sinner too. Yes, I, I do things, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, Byron, because of my makeup and growing up playing ball, it's not always easy for me not to want to coach them up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Take some of the coaches I had could get pretty intense to, yeah. to say, okay, now, all right, I'm gonna put my pastor hat over here a minute, I'm gonna be Hal. Now, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, so God helps. Amen. Yeah. What portion of
1: the book resonates most with you than any other portion of the book, can you say?
0: Yeah, I would say in the passage in Philippians, one day I may do an Old Testament and I kind of skip around. Uh, of course, in your daily reading, you can read through the whole Bible in a year, but there's, I focus in on one passage and do a devotional. And I, would, I love Philippians. I, lo- I love Philippians because joy, contentment in Christ, all that uh, gratitude, faith. I just happy in the Lord. And then the other is I have enjoyed looking at different judges and I think of an Old Testament passage. For example, Shamgar. I wrote about Shamgar. He's one of the judges, third judge of Israel. I remember hearing Bob Pittman, Dr. Pittman, preach on Shamgar. I remember years before that, here reading a devotional by Swindoll on Shamgar. I know E.V. Hill had a message on Shamgar. I know that Jay Strike, my friend in Orlando, yep. that's an example in how you dig into the Scripture and ask the Lord to give you a message or the point that sticks with the text, but also application. So
1: that'd be another example. Yeah, I love that. Well, something else I really like about this book, Hal, is the fact that when you read this book, there's a companion book that goes with it. It's the Bible. You're literally going in the Word of God. I mean, there's a layout each day, as you said, to read
0: Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs. Right, and then there's a focal passage. What I encourage people to do, Byron, is to buy a study Bible – Invest in a study Bible. You can start at January 1, and you can start at July 1, but it'll take you through the whole year. But invest in a study Bible, good study Bible, as well as a journal. I like to journal. So to me, those are, of course, the Bible's most important, but I also suggest a journal. Of course, you can write notes in the book, next yeah. verse. There's yeah. enough white space. But that's what I'd encourage people. to. How are there
1: specific portions of Scripture that you lean on most when life
0: throws you that curveball, mm-hmm. Psalms. You know, David would pour out his heart. So many Psalms uh, speak to your heart about crying out to God and praying for those you sense is your enemy. And, and of course, the enemy is the enemy, Byron. It's not people. And then Proverbs for practical wisdom. So often, if I'm making a decision. Or I've got a relationship maybe issue that surfaced. I'll go for the proverb that day, you know, because you've got one for every day and right. read that chapter. Right. So
1: uh, we talk about faith and, and some people say, you know, I just need bigger faith, more faith so I can live for God. Is it really our faith, how, or is it the focus of our faith that matters
0: most? Absolutely. If our our focus of faith needs to be on Jesus Christ, without I think it's Hebrews 11.6, um, 11, 11, six. without faith is yeah. possible. Please God, he comes to God, must believe that he is, he is in his reward of those that diligently seek him. So it's him. And as we seek him, because Byron, the thing that I've learned, the more things that are taken away from me, I don't want to say a crutch, but something that's that's very important to me. A value you can be a family member. I've had five family members die in the last year, Byron, for different reasons. I had two older sisters, and my oldest one, eight years older, Kathy, passed away about nine months ago, and then her husband died about three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. As an example, and I loved my sister. We were we were close. She's like a second mom. Yeah. My mom passed away at. 86, once I moved to Florida. My dad passed away when I was 26. But, man, anytime something's taken away, of course, I know where they are, and we'll join them one day, but it gives me another opportunity to go deeper in my relationship with Christ. Yes.
1: Where can we get copies
0: of Next Verse? Well, the easiest way is Amazon. You go on Amazon, and it's easy to find, and you can you can find it there. There's also a hard copy that came out that recently it's gone through some tweaking, Byron, so they had to take it off. But it's supposed to be back on now okay, or real, real soon where you can get a hard copy. And that's usually what you can get in bookstores. If you go to a bookstore now because of Ingram Sparks, you can request, hey, do you have this book? And if not, you can order for, for sure the hard copy at this point through that. But Amazon, you can get the soft copy or the hard copy. Okay. What's the best way to contact Hal Kitchens? Yeah, I would say a Fifth Avenue Baptist Church right now. I also have... And you're on Twitter, too. Yes. I just started following you on Twitter. Absolutely. So Twitter, Facebook, my church there, Fifth Avenue in St. Petersburg would be be the best way.
1: Next verse, a daily guide to live by faith, even when life throws you a Curve, and it does quite often. <laughs> the it book is by Hal Bart. Kitchens. Friends, please get your copy of this book, Amazon.com. Hal Kitchens, God bless you, my friend. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bob. We've been planning this interview now for how long? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Several months, at least. You know, I'm
1: so glad you came to town and we could sit down. because I, I didn't want to do it over the phone. We could have. I wanted to see your smile. Well, I wanted to and see you, too. And I, I you know really appreciate studio.
0: your patience and, and flexibility and reaching out to It you, means brother. a lot. Appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm Byron Tyler, back for a quick second as the theme music fades out. The show is also available at botradionetwork.com and on podcast platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. Hey, Alexa, play Mid-South Viewpoint. Stay tuned for more life-changing programs from Bot Radio Network.